We're back. If we're going to do an obituary on this program, and we do like to do that from time to time, this is the part of the show where we delve into it. And it is uh, with, with great sadness uh, we, I talk on this show about the, the passing of Sir Edmund Hillary. Frankly, I wish I went through life having more heroes. I, I don't have very many, but uh, coming awfully close was Edmund Hillary. Looking at the picture of his smiling face as it appeared on the cover of the, on the front page of the Sacramento Bee, um, it's just hard not to like this man. The British expedition led by Sir John Hunt in 1953, which attempted to scale uh, Everest, was a, a jolly good adventure. The uh, attempt on Everest was organized with military precision, and safety was foremost. In fact, it's rather interesting to contemplate that uh, the first team that attempted to summit, that of Thomas Berdillion and Charles Evans, turned back just 285 feet from the summit. It was late in the day, and the exhausted climbers saw the final approach as just too risky. It was a wise decision, and nobody was killed or injured on that expedition. There's many things you have to like about Hillary. Among them, that he was just a very strong, competent climber. He'd seen action in World War II in the British Air Force. Until his climbing partner, Tenzing Norgay, died, the two men were always reluctant to state which had actually summited first. They'd always maintained that they were a team, and that was what mattered. In fact, I was slightly saddened to note that, uh, that after Tenzing Norgay passed away, the word did leak out that Hillary actually had been the first to the top. But after he had achieved a certain amount of fame and a modest amount of fortune after the 53 uh, expedition, he reinvested uh, a lot of money into Nepal, building schools, and helping with construction projects, most notably one that this correspondent uh, has benefited from, that being the landing strip at Lukla. If you're a tourist in Nepal, as I was back in 1988, and you'd like to go visit the Everest area, as I did, you can take a great shortcut to the mountain, or at least the mountain region, by flying from Kathmandu to the 9,000-foot-high, 1,400-foot-long airstrip at Lukla. I can assure you that that, uh, that flight, which I made back in 88, is one that I will never forget as long as I live. When that uh, Twin Otter aircraft turned north to fly up the Great River Canyon in the direction of Everest, and I looked down to see this little dinky airstrip, which required the plane to be equipped with special equipment, short takeoff and landing uh, modifications, well, <laughs> it, it, uh, it was really something, let me just tell you that. The airstrip has really helped uh, the region economically, and we have to all thank Sir Edmund Hillary for that. And you know, uh, this just brings back a flood of great memories, and, and to do this subject justice, uh, which I'd like to do, I think I'll return to this in the weeks to come and dig out some of the audio tapes I recorded uh, back in 1988 of that area, see if I can't uh, paint a picture for you of what it was like to, uh, to hike up from Lukla to Namche Bazaar up to the Tengboche Monastery and a bit beyond and have the experience of sleeping in the monastery and looking out of the bed to see Mount Everest out your window. But, but I'll have to save that. I just want to say that, you know, my hardships in that area of the world were eased a bit by the efforts of Sir Edmund Hillary, and, and I'm, I'm indebted to him. Sir Edmund, I salute you.
A couple weeks back on the program, we talked about a very uh, curious article in The Bee by Sam McManus titled, They're Watching. Talked about an activist group with its eye on local television trying to make sure stations are uh, covering political stories. And joining us now uh, to talk about this is someone who was mentioned in that article and, and is spearheading this whole operation. Joanne Fuller is the Associate Director of Common Cause here in Sacramento. We say welcome to Radio Parallax, Joanne. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm so happy that you're covering this issue that's of such importance to people. Well, we, we agree. It is important. And, and can we actually start a little, bit, a little bit of background first? Tell us a little bit about Common Cause. Common Cause is a nonprofit, nonpartisan citizens lobby organization. Uh, Thirty years ago, our founder looked around Washington, D.C. and said, we see lobbyists all over the place, but where's the lobby for the citizens? You know, where's the organization that will give citizens a voice in government? And he founded Common Cause. Um, we work on fundamental reforms to strengthen the political process and hold power accountable. And, and what you're doing locally, uh, Mr. McManus's article talked about how you have uh, Roger Smith out there. He's a retired engineer in Loomis. He's watching TV sit like a beagle to see what's being covered, and he's not pleased with the results. That's right. Um, in talking about this, Common Cause got involved because media is so important in terms of getting people the information they need to make good choices in terms of voting and participate in our democracy in other ways, but particularly around voting. And, um, of course, we look at television, radio in a, a different light than most businesses. We understand that television particularly is where most people get their information from daily news. And we feel like television has a, a responsibility because the public owns the airwaves. In other words, it's like we gave the newsprint to the bee to print on. We give the airwaves, or we loan the airwaves to uh, the television stations in order for them to broadcast, and they make huge amounts of money from campaign ads. And we're saying, okay, you're making money, you're using a resource that's public for free, we, we need to ask you to step up and uh, provide the community with some information in return for the free use of, of the public's airwaves. So uh, what we're asking is that television stations in the months before the election spend five minutes a night on uh, giving people uh, information about the issues. Could be candidates uh, talking, could be, you know, uh, pro and con kind of thing, could be looking at the ads and uh, really looking at them to see if they're completely truthful and accountable or if they're skewed a little bit, that kind of thing. So that's what we're looking at and what we're asking our local television stations for. And per the article, your, your efforts are not necessarily getting a warm reception in the local TV outlets. It's true that uh, when we come to talk to the station managers and the news directors, they don't kind of hit their forehead and say, aha, of course we haven't thought of that. You folks are right. On the other hand, they've been very forthcoming um, in terms of what they are doing, and some of our local stations really are doing quite a bit. And, um, and then others are saying, hey, uh, we haven't heard from our audiences that this is something that people really want. 
It's sort of an axiom that our democracy needs informed electorate, and yet when I watch TV news, and I certainly don't rely on it for any sort of meaningful, you know, getting meaningful information from it, it's, it's a matter of, you know, the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. They do crime, and they do you know, issues of safety, and that's, that's alarmist-type material. Exactly. They do that because they think that, uh, I guess they think that people, that that's what people want. But there's been a really interesting five-year-long study of local television news. And what that study found is that the stations that really give substantive reporting about issues that people care about, the potholes in the road, how the schools are doing, are the levees safe, that kind of thing, people like that. And people tune in and watch the stations that provide that information. So uh, interesting uh, kind of goes against, you're right, what, uh, what a lot of station managers think. Um, and, and a lot of people have given up on the news, on the television news because of that. Uh, but because lots of people still get their news on television, we think it's important to come to the station managers and let them know that, hey, uh, this is important to people and this is something people are asking for. Well, I certainly hope that by, by talking about this, some of our listeners will do exactly that because you hate to give up on television. And, and, and in an election year, of course, as, as news is breaking, uh, they, can, they can cover things with, with a speed that nobody else can match. That's for sure. Our Sacramento Media Group, we meet once a month, the first Monday of the month at the Coloma Community Center where Access Sacramento is based. Uh, in Sacramento. Uh, we meet at 6, and we would really love to have other people who feel this way come join us and participate. But you're right. People can actually can write an, uh, an email or write a note to the local television station, and people should do that more and more. Let, let the television station know what you want to see on the news or on their station, and let them know if they've done a particularly good thing or felt like that maybe they've skewed their presentation in favor of a one point of view or another, that kind of thing. It's really important that stations get that feedback. Otherwise, when we go to them, they say, hey, we don't hear this from our, from our viewers, and um, like to point, them, point out to them that, no, when we look at your files, we do see that people are, are giving you what they need. Well, Joanne Fuller, Associate Director of Common Cause, keep up the good work. We hope that people will not only uh, make their views known to local stations, they'll come join you down there at Access Sacramento and and get more personally involved. Thanks so much. Our website is www.commoncause.org slash CA. Uh, Put that in. You can get up on our website and see how we're doing. We'll have reports on uh, what's been going on in terms of media issues and other issues, too. And maybe by midsummer, as the elections are heating up, uh, you can come back and let us know how the stations are doing. Thanks so much. I'd love to do that. Okay. Thank you. We're up against it on time, and I just want to note that if you get a chance to see The Kite Runner, by all means, do so. It is rare to find a book. Uh, it's rare to find a movie that lives up to the book, but I think that one does. And uh, before the month's out, we're going to try and take a look at the cinematic portrayals of Afghanistan as a contrasted between The Kite Runner and Charlie Wilson's War. We're sorry to note in closing we were unable to take in the documentary film Uncounted, The New Math of American Elections. But if you had a chance to attend the showing of the film and the talk with uh, producer David Earnhardt at the Crest last night, 
please let us know how that went by dropping us a line at info at radioparallax.com. Our thanks to Joanne Fuller, Seth Shulman, Will Durst, and our new intern, Letty Chavez. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. Tune in again next week for what we guarantee you will be a stimulating talk with author and environmentalist Gwyneth Cravens about her book, Power to Save the World, The Truth About Nuclear Energy.